0: I think in a startup world, because the pace is so fast, you're learning from your own experiences and absorbing it at a much rapid pace than, than in my view, you could possibly do doing an MBA.
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, so this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm here, as always, with Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how you doing today, man?
0: Super pumped. Question of the day. This is going to be, I think there's been a lot of controversy after this recording.
1: Yes, I totally agree. So, we are going to be talking about what would you do with 100K? Would you launch a startup or would you go get an MBA? And I, I was actually just talking with a really good friend of mine about this concept this past weekend. And so excited to dive into this. Conversation with you, Sangram. So give us a little bit of context. How how did you what made you want to do an episode about this?
0: You know, this is something that I've seen many times come up. I actually have my nephew here, he's 14, and he came from Toronto. He's actually at the tournament's office this whole week. And I'm having him sit with different teams. And and, and something that he had been thinking about, but he's 14 and he's been thinking about that. And the point being that like this is a question I struggled with myself when I was at Salesforce. James, I was me and my wife were talking about this at that time and we said, Hey, look, let's let's figure out an MBA. You know, that might be the way to do it, to advance and, and see what, what else is there because I wasn't I didn't really have the whole idea around around terminus at that point. And when we started to looking at looking at different universities and how much it cost, I found out that it would cost me at least hundred K to to get it from a decent enough university and the time and the money and energy and the, the amount of stuff. And if I did full-time versus part-time and nights, all that thing added up, it just felt like there was at least hundred K and two years of my time invested in it. And then I created a spreadsheet with like pros and cons. So I'm just going to share some of the things that now that having done a startup four years after that decision of like, no, 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 it's better for me to do a startup over doing an MBA. I want to just share maybe the four or five different learnings of why I think, at least for certain set of people listening to this podcast today, if you are trying to make a decision or if you know somebody who's trying to make a decision, these are the five things that I personally have learned. And I know, James, having seen you do what you're doing with your company, I feel like we're going to bond on a, a yeah.
1: yeah. And I think because we're going to agree on a lot of these points, I want to make I don't want to make a statement before we dive into them because what I would never want to do is keep someone from being self-aware about themselves and their own strengths and and who they are. So take this episode with a grain of salt. In that you are listening to this from two entrepreneurs. So Sandra and I have both. You clearly know how this one's going to end because neither one of us have our MBA and we both built startups. So that being said, that is not. The answer for everyone, I think a few years ago, I would have probably told you you know everybody should be an entrepreneur and after having done this and experienced how much pain there is in doing what we've done, I do not now recommend entrepreneurship for everybody because there are certain types of personalities, not because they're not good enough to be an entrepreneur, it's just the the way we're wired as humans is different, and so don't listen to this episode and think that this is the de facto only way to go, there are lots of people that have experienced enormous amounts of success that have gotten their MBA and use that MBA to then launch a career. So just wanted to give that little caveat at the beginning of this so yeah. that we're not leading anyone astray because clearly you and I are a little bit biased.
0: <laughs> we, we totally are and I'm so glad you kind of walked through that. As a matter of fact, it was funny, you know, everybody on the executive team at Terminus has an MBA and they're wildly successful people. Kathy is a CFL who's here, to build companies, run companies, and and almost it's so like every one of them has done MBA, and I can see why and how much value they bring to the conversation and how successful they are in general. Yeah. So I'm so glad you share that.
1: Yeah, awesome. man. So let's get into the first kind of pro and con.
0: All right. So for a startup, I feel like you learn from your own experiences. Over when you're doing an MBA, you're learning from case studies, and you're probably learning from even some of the case studies that are like like Walmart or like older case studies, not necessarily tremendously current. What's happening today? How is, how is Drift building their own brand as a company, which is completely new? Where how Tremis is doing what we're doing? How do you build a category? Like yeah. those things, you, you just don't seem to learn. We actually did an episode with a professor a couple of weeks ago, so if you get a chance listening to listen do that, like I think it was very apparent in that conversation that there are these HBR case studies that are very well done and have five years ago, which means they have a point of view of like 15 years ago data, as opposed to something like super practical, like happening today and in the now. So I think in a startup world, because the pace is so fast, you're learning from your own experiences and absorbing it at a much rapid pace. Then, in my view, you could possibly do doing an MBA.
1: Mm, love it. So, what is then the first con to pursuing a startup? Is it so? It's kind of the information might be a bit dated, depending on yeah. you know the the university. I would argue that there is just to play devil's advocate that well, the leave. the con of the startup and the pro of the MBA would be that you are getting to learn from other people's experience. And so obviously, doing and and learning from taking action is incredibly powerful, but I think there's also an enormous amount of value to learn from from someone else so that you can avoid you know others' mistakes. You know one could argue that you can do that in kind of the the modern media era that we live in today with podcasts and you know other forms of media not necessarily having to go pay a hundred thousand dollars to get an m b a but but I still think that there is some power in learning from other people's experience. And, and obviously that's what you get with the yeah. MBA. Would you agree there?
0: Yeah, I think there's a, a tremendous positive part on MBA that I think about is probably patent recognition around, mm-hmm. like you can you can recognize, oh, that work didn't work. And in a startup world, you just don't know. Like, you know, yeah. I think you and I can probably agree on the fact that we, we, don't, we didn't know what we were doing at, in yep. the beginning stages of the company. And we still don't know what we're doing in, in many of the areas, but- to your earlier caveat, being an entrepreneur, I think it just means that we thrive in that kind of situation and not succumb to it. Yeah. So if somebody is, is looking to see patterns like, okay, that makes sense, that doesn't make sense, and, and see why certain companies did a certain way, if you are trying to figure that part out, I think MBA probably is a great time to reflect back and, and figure out how certain companies do as, and go as far as they've gone. Yeah. Uh, and and I think most of these, James, I think it's, I don't know if there's a pro and a con for each one of them, but I feel like we can literally talk through each one of them and say, well, here's what we can think about. And from a startup yeah. perspective, I, and then from a MBA perspective, maybe, you know, there is a pro or not. And, and that, that may be the comments that people can share with us, because I'm sure there's a lot of MBAs listening to this.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, one example that my friend who he's actually a, uh, you know, he's, he teaches out of college. And so he's, passionate about higher education and he he's not ignorant to to the flaws that are there. I mean he he knows that he's very aware that there are a lot of elements of higher education as it currently sits that are broken. But he's also very passionate about about the upside. And so we were talking about a situation in in my business and he was like, man, you know, I I know you're not big on higher education, but taking a class on contract law, whether it was a part of an MBA program or you just, you know, took it at a community college, like Had you had a class on contract law, you'd probably end up saving what will likely end up being in our business, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars based on something that I did early in the business out of ignorance in not understanding how contracts work and and how to set them up and not being able to afford an attorney to, to do it for me. And so that was just one example of kind of me doing it on my own. And I end up paying much more than the price of an MBA or the class at a college because because I just wasn't educated. I just didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I pulled the trigger and started anyway. And and even though I wouldn't necessarily take that back, I wouldn't do it the other way. It is something, you know, it is a story of kind of why education does still matter.
0: Yeah, it, it absolutely does. So like, just like learning from your own experience is a great, like, you know, hopefully a starting point for people to think about like, okay, you a startup, you really learned, from all of your own experiences, I think the one other thing that I feel like startup offered, at least to me, and I remember this, this was like a, like a really punch in the guts kind of feeling is the ability to sell. Um, mm, yeah, I don't think you really, really learn that until you really get into like, you know, the ability to learn to sell to someone who have never heard about you, your company, your product, your, the problem that you're trying to solve, unless you're super established, And get a dollar, get the first invoice, get you know, do the first few sales like selling. I feel like it changes your view of like, oh my goodness, like this is hard. (laughs) Selling is not easy. And when you do that, the 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 level of the accomplishment that you feel at least what I felt was like, wow, I I actually can sell. Not something that I want to do for the rest of my life, but that is such an incredibly humbling experience that I feel everybody should get it. And I wonder how much of that you get doing, doing an MBA.
1: Yeah. And, and depending on the program, I'm I'm sure there are, you know, there, there are probably programs out there that offer some sort of kind of selling experience alongside the education. But I would imagine it would be really tough to bake in that experiential learning into a, you know, classroom education, just to really sell something. You've got to do it for more than just an afternoon exercise like you've you have to get to know the product well you've got to know the ins and outs of you were selling for terminus probably for you know i i did it for sweetfish for the first three years of our business and have just now started to phase out of doing the grind of day in day out sales how long were you actually selling terminus in the early days i
0: Always selling, (laughs) you know. I think I think you never get out of it as as founders, but I think you do it at a different level and at a different stage and in in a different way. So I remember majority of my early like selling was kind of okay. Well, this didn't work, um, (laughs) so (laughs) let me try another way, and and just go through these calls. And oh, like that deck didn't work, uh, so let me change the slides around. Oh, that didn't sound right or the feedback was negative or whatever, right? You, you just go through these kind of moments of iterating on it so fast that you just put on a thick skin and just keep going at it. And now, I think now that we are 200 plus people and, and it's an established category, I think my conversations are now happening at a level we were talking about organizational change, what it means to transform, how does the value at the C level and the board level increase because of you know when people do based strategies. So the conversation has up leveled quite a bit. So I'm not mm-hmm. in the day to day selling feature product kind of thing. But man, you would hear in many of these podcasts. I get a lot of my SDR and AE teams on the Thursday episodes because I have a ton of respect for their job and what they do. And I feel like I really do believe selling is the hardest job that you would ever do, especially if you're an SDR and AE, and something that every single person, regardless of you doing a startup or MBA. Must try to do it.
1: Yeah, I love it. Awesome. saying. anything else related to startup or MBA that, that we can talk through?
0: No, man, let's, let's get to the third one.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: All right, so third one, I feel like it kind of brings back to the idea of failing really, really badly and like immensely in, in a way. I don't know what else, what are the words or objectives would add to it, but I feel like, you, I don't know how you can fail doing an MBA. And then I think that's something that's more curiosity. Um, yeah, so that's, the that's a really on. good
1: point
0: right like every entrepreneur i ever know uh, have never had the perfect product day one is always trying to pivot trying to figure out the market and we have a whole episode we did instead of think about problem market fit and, and a better right, way of going at it by building a community all those things so we're learning and iterating on this idea but man have we failed like you know have you tasted failure and and mm-hmm. when you taste failure i feel like you taste fear. I still remember walking back home one day when we were not able to do the deal that we wanted to do. And I was looking at, man, we don't have enough money left in the bank for a ton of things going on in the company. And walking home and watching my wife and the kids at a dinner table and, and not being able to share that level of depth of details and still having a happy face on. I don't know how do you replicate that kind of feeling and emotion and then walking next morning, 5 a.m. again, trying to build it up and see what you can do and and think about it as a new day. Like the level of thinking that it might take for you to go take, make sure that fear is no longer something that you need to be afraid of. And failing is just part of the process that actually allows you to grow is something that I had no idea 36 years of my life before I started Terminus. I felt like I was supported and cuddled almost or almost had enough cushion baked around me, but when you when I did a startup, like I felt like man, I was on a on the top of the mountain. You know, the one step and I might just fall down, left or right, and I had no idea. And I was I'm blindfolded. Like take that for a visual, and that's uh, that's what I felt several times. I
1: totally get it, man. I think that replicating that type of experience outside of actually doing it and failing and and learning how to respond to that kind of failure. I don't know that it can be replicated in in a kind of higher education format, so i and I wouldn't have even really thought about that as we have this conversation, so I'm really glad you brought that up. Do we want to jump into the fourth one, Sangram
0: Yeah, let's do it. so the the fourth one I think we touched on a little bit as we talked about selling is is the idea of hearing no more times than you've probably heard in your life, like I have heard no more than I have ever heard in my life. Like, yeah, this won't work. Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. Oh, you want to build a new category? Well, you don't even have a pedigree to do this stuff. Like, so how yeah. do you, think you can do that? Oh, you want to put an event together? That sounds like a cute idea, but, it, you know, it's not something you, you need a lot of money for it. Like all the things that everyone has an opinion and you have to just believe and, and do stuff at one point. And I know we all in our lives go through those things but I've never personally gone through, and I'm curious, James, from your perspective on this one as well, is, man, I've never heard so many no's in my life. Yes. Um, you know, when, as much as I've heard in a startup and and from people who are not even doing it, right? Yeah. And then you have to question, or I had to question, like, am I surrounding myself with the right kind of people and things? So it really made me appreciate the idea of like what it takes to believe in something and go against the grain and do something. And, and I think that, to me, again, you know, philosophically, when I thought about it, it's like, yeah, that's, that's fine. I can do that. But when I actually had to do it, when I had to hear the first no, mm-hmm. when you see the first deal not close, when I had the yeah. first presentation not go well, and when I was not able to, to do it, it, it really shook me to the core about my own value. And am I good at and, and with no safety net and my identity and all those things came into question when I started to hear no. And it took a while for me to get over it and then get back into the game and say, okay, it's okay to hear no, move on. And I don't know if I could have learned that lesson through any any education for that matter.
1: Yeah. And you probably heard no in completely different ways than even the ways that I've heard them and, and because you guys raised funding and, and yeah. we bootstrapped. And so I didn't, and, and I think honestly, as I thought about raising money for you know, my first company, which was a tech product that we tried to bootstrap and and it failed miserably, bootstrapping a tech company is I I would argue close to close to impossible. There are a couple of really awesome companies that have done it. And so not, not me not even having to go through the turmoil of hearing no on the investing side, like trying to trying to raise capital, just hearing no really on, you know, I had people that I wanted to to hire that told me no. I had you know customers obviously that told me no that you know they there wasn't budget for for what we did and so hearing that it's crazy I, if my wife were sitting here she would tell you kind of the emotional roller coaster that comes alongside of just building a company and and starting it yourself is hard to explain and and but when you navigate enough of those ups and downs i feel like you get really good at kind of emotional awareness and self-care and understanding like how do you take care of yourself when your emotions are are all over the place because you know you closed a, a big deal the day before and had you know three partners want to come alongside and start referring you business and then the next day all you do is hear no all day <laughs> and yeah and so so it very much has an impact on your emotion that takes an emotional toll and so I completely agree that, uh, again, it's just a different type of experience. It's not a knock on higher education. It's just that element of starting a company is pretty impossible to replicate outside of just actually doing it.
0: Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, making it even more personal, like I think about my son, Krish, like he's eight and he was at a tennis tournament and you think, yeah, that's real competition, right? But he's eight and they would give trophies to everybody. So uh, everyone gets gets a trophy, uh, and I'm like, no. Well, why is everybody getting <laughs> a trophy, right? And so I feel like we get so much cuddled in in a lot of different things. It's not yeah. just higher education or startup. Like you know, I wish, like I wish that he wouldn't, because he said, well, so I did good, and I'm like, no, you didn't. Like <laughs> <laughs> you lost. <laughs> yeah, like it was a tough conversation for him. Coming from me, and I became the bad guy. In the process, I'm still struggling on, like, how do I explain him that no, he lost, but the support system around was like so much, like, yeah, let's give trophies to everybody, and I'm like, no, like you (laughs) should. So I think that's what of did. Like, it knocked me off my feet and said that no, you don't have a safety cushion, you don't have everything figured out, and you have to figure it out. And yes, you lost. Like, I lost a deal. You lost this thing, you're not able to secure funding or whatever those things are. That realization humbles you. It makes you at least made me recognize what I have is I'm so blessed and and thankful and grateful for when things are good uh, for all the things that we're able to do. I love it.
1: Awesome. And was there a fifth one that we were going to cover?
0: Yeah, the fifth one, and then we'll, we'll probably wrap it up with like one thing that is totally, I mean, almost everyone, maybe, maybe we can dispute, but the last one, I feel like after this one, as we finish off, might be something that, that we totally bond on and things that are maybe will make people think. So before that, we talked about, number one was, you know, you learn from your experience in a startup over MBA. You learn to sell, which I think is an incredibly important skill, no matter if you do entrepreneurship or not. Like I think learning to sell is insanely Everybody is selling something. I was trying to sell something to my wife yesterday on, on an idea to do stuff and I failed. Anyway, so you <laughs> need to learn to sell, and the learning is a process. You, you fail, and failing is something very important to, for, from a character building perspective. Uh, I feel so. I think people should consider that as, as a really important part of growth. Hearing no is also something that will question your own identity, at least it did for me. So, hearing "no" multiple times is really grounds you, allows you to question if you're working on the right things and your passions and you know you, where you're going is is that all aligned and and your vision for life and yourself so it, it's really important to hear no if you're hearing yes" all day long, I think it's just you really think about the group that you're hanging out with mm-hmm. and then then the last one is that I never did, I never had to, and I never thought this is something I would be doing. Uh, even when I started the startup, though, the co-founder of the startup was raising money. And man, like, you know, and then this is where I know you and I, like I have such respect for what you do, James, bootstrapping it. We went the opposite route. We have raised over 20 million in the last three years. And we went from like, just go crazy because we felt like that's what we needed to do to build the category and invest in the people and the movement and all that yeah. stuff. So we went a much different route. And I don't think, don't know which one is better or not. Only history will tell in years from now. But for me, going through the raising money process and how do investors look at your company? What do they value? And where you, your values are questioned, you're like, wait a minute, my values are on how we want to do people things does not resonate with the person who's actually giving me a better term sheet and is going to give more valuation. So for example, we gave equity to everybody at Terminus. Because that's something we felt very important is that, hey, we can't say everybody to act like an owner when they're not the owners of the business. So, yeah. one of the things, fundamental things we did was everybody who works at Terminus has equity. And that was important to us as founders. And that was important to, and perfectly fine with some of the investors that we took money from. There were some other people who were not necessarily, that, that's not what they cared about. So, it was a, important, like, it's when you raise money. Yes, the company can grow and all, but are we taking care of the people that are investing? Because at the end of the day, it's all about people. So yeah. to me, I learned a lot in the raising money process.
1: I love it, man. So Sangram, is there, is there a particular challenge that you want to leave people with, uh, with this episode?
0: Man, I feel like one thing that I think it's indisputable, at least for me, and I hope it's for you as well, James, is that when you do a startup, you are creating and impacting lives. Yeah. Um, in a much positive way than anything. Regardless of you fail or not, it doesn't really matter that uh, the the work that the things that you do to impact the jobs that you are able to create. that that's the legacy that I think everybody would want to have at some point is how they have impacted other people's life. And if that allows you to do it in any other way as mentor, as a manager, as a leader, I think that's that's the most important thing. And the challenge is as it really goes back to what James, you said earlier is look, this is not like, hey, go do startups. <laughs> do yeah. your job and, and do it. It's a very hard path. 99% of them fail for the most part. So yep. the fact that we're still standing and talking about it is we have a lot of blessings on us and support yep. people that has made that happen. It's not because of who James is or what who Sangram is or other people. It's really a lot of other people have pulled together to help us, but it's not for faint of the heart. People, it's, it's something that will genuinely challenge your character, your identity, your values everything and, and everything be on the line when you mm-hmm. actually do something. And that's something that I did not know about doing startup. So I, I want to leave that everybody with that challenge is like, look, this might seem amazing and glorified for the ones that are successful when you look at that, but don't look at just that, look at the journey. Is this something you want to do? Family, kids, like, you know, everything gets disrupted. It's not easy. I've, you know, I'm on the road most of the time, very different mm-hmm. life. Than I and my wife anticipated for us to have at this career, that this age and where we are with two kids and stuff. So, there's a lot of sacrifices and a lot of different things that you do. But if you enjoy it, if this is the life you want, it's it's worth it. So, the challenge really is to figure out, going back to James' point, where are your personal values? Where are your personal things and what you want to really do? And maybe with that 100 grand, it makes sense for you to go MBA versus doing a startup. But there are options that I didn't think we had many years ago. So now you have it. So yeah. go think about it.
1: I love it. Awesome, ma'am. Well, for all of you listening, thank you so much for for tuning in. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on on LinkedIn. Singer and I are both very active on that platform. We would love to hear from you there. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast